Your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you are now entering your hour of Thrive Time. Thank you for joining us this morning. If you are visiting for the first time, you're in for a treat. We've got a powerful show with three powerful guests who all have a fantastic message about thriving because they've, they're living it and they are experiencing what it is to go from a place of surviving to thriving. Three powerful guests that you're in for a treat today. So thank you for joining us. And if you are returning to the show to catch yet another episode. I want to thank you for continuing to support this program. We are getting close to our one year anniversary and week to week to week, we just continue to explode in growth and in listening, uh, our listening audience, because the quality of the content is just fantastic. And I'm sure those of you who have had a chance to visit our archive section at the jmamietalkshow.com will attest to the fact that we've got some killer content on there for our first year of programming. And by the way, if you're hanging out online anyhow, might as well go to my website, my personal site, thejmamie.com. There you are going to find tons of content, uh, my blogs, my vlogs, my latest book, Thrivology, which is quickly becoming a hit. And by all expectations, it'll be a bestseller soon. So we're excited about that. The book, Thrivology, make sure you pick up a copy. But this morning, we're going to hear from, to get the show started with a bang, Jesse Iwuji. Jesse Iwuji is not only a one of the hottest NASCAR drivers right now on the professional circuit, but Jesse Iwuji is someone that I happen to follow uh, on LinkedIn, wonderful LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. And he was posting fantastic content that I thought to myself, this is the kind of individual that could bring so much value and quality to our audience because of who he is and what he's done. He's a NASCAR driver a U.S. Naval officer, he's a keynote speaker, he's a TV personality, he's an actor, he's an entrepreneur, he's a CEO of multiple companies, and he's got such a wonderful story and such a wonderful history, and his upbringing is so fantastic that I wanted to introduce everyone to Jesse Iwuji. So Jesse Iwuji, welcome to the show, and let's dive right into it. Get us up to speed on who you are and and what's the magic behind your message. Um, Growing up in Dallas, uh, for, you know, everyone knows, you know, Texas, football god and football is is king <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh naturally mm-hmm. naturally i uh naturally i gravitated towards football i and and i decided that i wanted to you know in middle school and high school and eventually college i wanted to play football so once i got into middle school i started playing i never got the opportunity to play little league because my parents were working so much they were working you know a bunch of jobs they were trying to start their own small businesses on the side of working their normal jobs so with all that you know they were just you know they're too busy to take me to any little league type stuff so i couldn't start playing any sports until middle school i started playing in middle school playing in high school um worked really hard to get better and better at football throughout high school because i wasn't very skilled at first but uh, through a hard work and a lot of hard grind a lot of prayer and just faith um i was able to eventually get better and better and then by, by my senior year in high school, eventually I got started getting recruited by a few schools. And one of those schools that recruited me was the Naval Academy. Um, and I just looked at it as a really good opportunity to, one, go to a really good school and get a great education, uh, be able to play football for a great team that was winning a lot of games at the Division I A level. And then, three, when I graduate from the Naval Academy, pretty much have a career started for me as, a, as an officer in the United States Navy. So it was just a win in all three different ways. So I, I knew that as a 17-year-old going in, I was like, this is how I'm going to set myself up for success in life. This is where I need to go. 
So I made that decision, went to Naval Academy, played college football there and ran track there all four years from 2006 to 2010. I uh, graduated in 2010 uh, and became a surface warfare officer in the Navy. And as a surface warfare officer, what we do is we're on the ships. So my first four years in the Navy, I was on two different ships, went on two different deployments to the uh, Arabian Gulf, uh, spent um, about 15 total months out there between both of the, the uh, deployments. But when I came back from all that and in between all the deployments, when I was back home in San Diego, because that's where I was stationed at, um, I was starting to develop this passion for cars and racing because uh, mm-hmm. football wasn't a thing for me anymore. I didn't, you know, obviously I had just graduated. I wasn't playing football anymore, so I needed something exciting to attach myself to, and, and it was cars and racing. So I would take my personal cars to local tracks near me. I would go do like the little open track days where you can go on a drag strip or go on a road course um, at the different tracks and run those for time trial events. I was doing all that fun, like amateur type stuff. And after a few years of that, I was really, really growing this passion for cars and racing. And I just decided one day, I was like, you know what? I like cars. I like racing. Why not try to take it to the highest level I can? Why not try to become a professional race car driver? And when I was sitting in my room that night in January of 2014, I just made that decision. I was like, I'm going to become a professional race car driver. So I pulled the whiteboard on my wall. I pulled it off. Erased whatever I had it on there, and I just wrote one big goal to become a pro driver, and that is where this crazy journey began of how I was going to basically go from driving warships in the Middle East to racing cars at 200 miles per hour on national TV, and I was going to do it while still serving in the United States Navy. I wasn't going to get out. I was going to stay in. So um, in 2015, uh, after about a year after I had made this decision, you know, over that last year, I was trying to come up with a plan on how I was going to go attack this goal, how I was going to attack this journey, how was I going to make this happen, because it wasn't easy. I wasn't coming from a racing background. I wasn't coming from a, uh, um, a racing family. I wasn't coming from any of that stuff. So I had to break into a sport that at that time only had one African-American racing at the national level, and I was going to be mm-hmm. the second. You know, so I had to figure this out, um, and it wasn't easy at all. You go on the Internet, you type in how to become a race car driver, you're immediately met with a lot of negativity. Everyone telling you that it's impossible unless you start when you're five years old. You know, it's impossible unless you come from a racing family. It's impossible unless you're white. You know, whatever it is, um, I, just, I saw all this stuff online. I was like, I'm not going to let that stop me. I already had the clear vision in my head seeing myself become a driver, racing on national TV, racing in front of a bunch of fans. I already clearly saw that. That means God already, like, has confirmed that the deal is done. So all I have to do is stay strong enough, long enough, and make it to the end, and I will hit that goal. And that's what I decided to do. That's what I started to make happen. And through being super resourceful, figuring out a way to find the money to make it happen, figuring out a way how to just manage all my time and and resources to make all this happen, Eventually, I, I got myself into a, a race car in 2015 and then worked my way up the ranks of NASCAR from there. And now I'm racing at the national level. And um, it's just been a crazy, crazy journey with a lot of ups and downs. But it, it's been well worth it over the last few years now. One of the things you just mentioned, um, lots of ups and downs. And you talked about that a little bit early on when you mentioned about being the first African-American to really participate at any significant degree in professional racing, what were some of those early struggles that you encountered and how did you prepare yourself mentally knowing that this was going to be not the easiest of entry? 
Yeah, I, I knew it wasn't going to be easy at all, you know, and, and being African-American, there wasn't a lot of people like me that were racing at the time. Um, you know, you look in the drag racing world, you see Antron Brown, you know, but not really a lot after him. Uh, you look in Formula One, Lewis Hamilton, no one else after him. Uh, you look in NASCAR. At that time, uh, Bubba Wallace was the only one, you know, in the national ranks of NASCAR racing. You know, so I, I was entering a place where I was going to be, you know, the next one, and there's <laughs> there wasn't anybody else. So, you know, for me, what I looked at it as was an opportunity to uh, help pave the path and pave the way for minorities to uh, come into the sport because not a lot of people knew that minorities are in racing. You know, everyone mm-hmm. just thinks we're all in football or basketball, baseball, or, you know, stuff like that. But um, we are doing other stuff outside of the normal stick and ball sports. Um, we're in racing. And, and yeah, it's not a lot of us, but we're, we're trying to make it more. Yeah, there's a barrier of entry because it, it just costs money. You can't you can't just go to a store and buy a race car and practice at home and then all of a sudden, you know, make it up to make it up to the big leagues. There's a process and it, and that process unfortunately is very expensive. So you gotta figure out the business side of it, which you know, fortunately enough for me, I was able to be resourceful enough and figure out how to figure out the business side of it. Um, that's what basically mm-hmm. kind of helped me get into it. But man, it's not it's not easy at all. But I'm hoping that I can figure out different ways to to ease that burden for folks and and create some type of path that allows for for more minorities, more military folks, more everyone who's not normally represented re- represented very well in the sport. Uh, I want to find out ways to get them in. You know, one of the things you just mentioned is you use the word resourceful. And as I'm listening to you speak, and I have a chance to speak to, over my career, thousands of different entrepreneurs, business owners, people that are high achieving. And one thing, one common denominator that I find among the best ones is that they're very resourceful. And I, I, can, I know that part of your, your upbringing, your mom was very resourceful. Uh, you know, she worked 12-hour days, seven days a week in labor and delivery. And that was just part of her event. And she ran a business as well and, and for another eight hours. So you grew up seeing firsthand what commitment and being resourceful is all, uh, was, is all about. Would you say that played a major role in who you are today? Yeah, I think it played a major role. And it's crazy how it played a role because it, it was very indirect. It was a very indirect type of energy that I think got into all of us, me and my two brothers and my sister, because they're all – they're all doing well too. Um, but uh, it was a very indirect way because my mom never had to talk to us about it. She never had to sit us down and talk to us about hard work and effort and all that stuff. She never did any of that. She just lived it. She did it. We saw it. Um, she brought us along the journey. You know, she didn't exclude us. You know, when she was working, you know, 12 hours at her nursing job, you know, at the hospital, and then all of a sudden, you know, coming back home, eating real quick, taking a quick 30 minute nap, and then running to her store. Um, and work in the store, you know, all day until she had to go to her next shift for her nursing job, you know, she would take mm-hmm. us along, she would bring us and we, we didn't, you know, she'd make us work, you know, and she make, you know, made us grind too while she was grinding. So we kind of mm-hmm. indirectly learned it from there. She didn't have to tell us anything. The only thing she said was, you know, grab your stuff, jump in the car, we're, we're going to work. <laughs> so, um, and you did you know, it, mom said it. it, you do yeah, it. We did. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So we figured it out at an early age, you know, that, you know, it takes hard work and grind. And really where it first kind of hit and settled in my mind on how, 
you know, how grind, hard work, effort, and faith together, you put it all together, mm-hmm. you can actually make mm-hmm. something happen. It, it actually hit and probably settled in my mind for the first real time when I was in ninth grade uh, playing football because I um, wasn't good at first. I was I had some speed because naturally I just had some speed. And besides that, I couldn't catch a football to save my life, and I was a wide receiver and a cornerback. So I had to figure that out. But through, once again, a lot of hard work, grind, effort, prayer, and faith, I put all that together, action and, and faith. I put it all together. That's what allowed me to advance myself, get better, and eventually make the A team in ninth grade, eventually be a starter on the JV team in 10th grade, eventually make it to the varsity team in 11th and 12th upgrade and then eventually get recruited by big schools to go play football. But it was through that hard work, effort, daily grind, daily execution, daily wanting to get better, and then having faith that even when nothing was coming of it really for a while, eventually it was going to come. Like I already clearly saw myself playing college football in my mind. So that's where that visualization comes into play where I saw it. So since I saw it, the deal is done. Why would I not want to work hard? Why would I not want to grind to go achieve it when the deal Mm -hmm. is already set and done? Like if I quit now, then it's just a waste. That means God just wasted his time putting this clear vision in your head. You know, when we come back after the break, Jesse, I want to pick up with what I call grind mind, grind mind. You've got the gift of grind mind. We're going to talk about that when we come back after the break. Hey, everyone, this is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I just want you to know that my book, my 10th book, is finally available, Thrivology action-stoking and thought-provoking quotes and phrases is now available for your purchasing pleasure. This book has already making tidal waves among those who appreciate content that is driven to give you a thrive-minded mentality and also reminders throughout the course of the week of the things you need to do to thrive. Guys, you can pick up my book, Thrivology, at thejmaney.com. Hey guys, Steve Veru here, founder and CEO of Victory Selling. Just finished up on the Jay Mamie Talk Show and If you're a CEO or sales manager concerned with getting performance out of your sales team, we can help. Our solution is to help you build a sales process that's duplicatable, effective, and works with consumers today through the 2021 mindset. Where you can find me, victoryselling.com. You can look me up on LinkedIn. Happy to connect. And thanks again for having me on, Jay. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. My son brought it over to me, and he said, Mom, I've tried a lot of stuff, but this, I'm telling you, it works. And I'm telling you, it really did make a difference. My attitude changed. My energy level really did peak. To me, it's a miracle. It really is. Mm -hmm. It's like I am so thankful for you guys. I really, really am. I've taken a lot of stuff through the years. And this is the only thing that has actually continued to do exactly what you claim it does. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code DALLAS. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Having a fantastic conversation with Jesse Fuji, and we left off talking about the grind. So, Jesse, I want to ask you uh, about that. I'm a big believer that highly successful people already come to the table with what I call the grind mind. 
in your mind, you understand that it takes grinding to get to where you need to be. So can you elaborate a little bit on that perspective, whereas you have now developed into not only a successful and well on your way NASCAR driver, but you've got other things going on because you have the grind mind. What drives you to do more? Yeah, so you know, quite a few things uh, drive me to do more. Uh, part of it's a fear. <laughs> There's a fear inside <laughs> me that if, I, if, I'm, if I'm not grinding on a daily basis, that everything is going to go away, everything's going to disappear, and I'm going to be left with absolutely nothing. And um, I don't want that. And not that I fear that that would happen, and then all of a sudden I wouldn't know where to go because I've gotten my mind into a mindset and into a, a certain uh, way where even if I did lose everything, I would be able to get it all back. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of different things on this whole grind mind thing. So, you know, one of the biggest things is, you know, we all have goals, we all have dreams, we all have places we want to go with it. But um, a lot of times people have a million dollar dream and they give a thousand dollar effort towards it. Mm. So you're going to have a million dollar mm-hmm. dream, you're going to need to put a million dollar effort, maybe even more, you might have to put a million and a half dollar effort into it just to get the million dollar dream to happen. And, and, and a lot of times people will be like, you know what, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. And, and they start doing a lot, but they're not really making a lot of, uh, I would say they're not making any progress. So people, um, they, Denzel Washington said it best. They, they confuse uh, movement with progress. So they'll mm-hmm. schedule a thousand, a thousand meetings in the day, or they'll do this and that, whatever, every single day, that's not really progressing them forward and whatever they're trying to get to. You got to make sure that you're doing on a daily basis, things that are, that you can go execute and that are at least trying to make a step forward. And you're not just doing things to do it because if that, if you're just doing things to do it, and you're just trying to make yourself feel good that you did a lot of things in a day, you're not going to progress. And what happens is people they'll do this stuff and they're doing a lot of movement, a lot of movement, a lot of things are happening but it's not really happening. Nothing's really happening. All of a sudden they're like, oh man, you know, hard work doesn't result result in uh, any kind of, you know, reward. And that's not true. It's like, you're actually just doing the wrong stuff. So you've got to be able to recreate yourself on a daily basis. Sometimes, sometimes you'll go in a certain direction and it'll end up being a ton of movement. That's not really progressing. We got to be able to pivot At, at the end of the day, when you're trying to go after any goal and dream, you are becoming a professional problem solver. It's the same thing in the entrepreneur world. I have a few businesses now and people ask me, oh, you know, uh, your, your, your trucking company or your racing events company or your esports company, like that's your like little, your profession and those things. I'm like, no, it's not. Like my true profession in life is being a professional problem solver. When you become a professional problem solver, you can be in any business, you can be in any industry and you can excel because all you do is find the problems and you solve them. You are not here to be a manufacturer. You are not here to be a producer of these goods, uh, a producer of these services, a provider of this and that. That's not who you are. You are just a solver. You are a problem solver. You find problems in spaces and you solve them. You find the next problem and you solve them. That's what Apple did. Apple, Apple mm-hmm. wanted to solve the, 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 the PC problems. They started solving that. Then they solved the cell phone problem. Then they solved the, the, the uh, a music problem. Then they solved it. it. All they do is just find problems and they go solve it. That's what you got to be when you're going after any big goal and dream. Become a professional problem solver and you will be highly sought after. And that's how you really develop that grind mind. That's what's going to push you forward. That's what's going to allow you to be creative and innovative every single day so that you can go achieve whatever you want in life. You know, it's interesting you say that because oftentimes on the show, 
I talk a lot about that. I talk about, you, you mentioned problem solver. Uh, I talk about a solution specialist. I say the solution specialist and the problem solver, right? It's almost synonymous. They're the ones that are going to eventually get all the money. They're the ones that are going to have all the claim to fame. They're the ones that are going to have all the notoriety because they are bringing solutions oftentimes to problems that aren't even present yet. But they are there. Those solutions are in the wing. Those are the folks that get all the goodies because you're either going to be a problem solver or a solution specialist, or you're going to be the one that processes the operations of those who come up with the problems to solve or come up with the solutions. Uh, so you got to choose which one you're going to be. You're going to be the processor of that activity or the creator of it and determining and whichever one you choose will determine the kind of life that you can live. Uh, with regards to your dreams and your passions and the things that, that are important to you. And speaking about that, let's talk about faith a little bit, because I know that faith is a major component uh, in your life. You, you often write about it when I see your post. Uh, where did that faith come from and how important is that for you right now? How, how does it sustain your energy right now? Yeah, faith is a, it's a big part of everything I do. Um, and I, I got it from my parents. You know, my parents, you know, raised us in the, in the Catholic church and, you know, took us to church all the time. And, yeah, as kids, you know, growing up up until really high school, I didn't really know why we were going to church. I mean, I, I wasn't, I guess, against God or anything like that. I was just like, mm-hmm. we just went. Like, there was no there was no real purpose. We just kind of went. It was something we were forced to do. And then when ninth grade hit, um, I, I wanted something. I wanted something that did not seem very easy to attain. And that thing that I wanted was to make the A team in football. And, and up until that point, in seventh and eighth grade, I was on the B team. Um, like I said before, I really wasn't that great at football. That's why I was on the B team, seventh mm-hmm. and eighth grade. So going into ninth grade, my mom said, hey, you know, you need to, like, make the A team or find something else to do. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, I like football, and I want to play football for a long time. I'm like, I'm not going to find anything to do. I'm going to make the A team. So she gave me – while saying that, she didn't just say it and just let me be. She said it, and then she – all in the same breath, she was like, also, here, take this book. It's a little prayer book go to this page right here and just read that prayer every single day and continue to work hard towards what you want, which is to make that 18. But make sure you read that prayer every single day. And I was like, okay. So I took it and I was like, I'll follow this. And I started following it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, and at that time I didn't understand the whole, like, you know, uh, faith and action or works or whatever together. I just, I didn't understand any of it, but for some reason I, I did it. And that's what, basically confirmed to me that, you know, you put in effort, you put in energy and you have faith, you can actually achieve anything you want in life. So where the faith really comes into play is as you're putting in action every single day towards a goal and dream, by the way, I made it 18 that year. Um, All right. <laughs> as, you <put> in, <laughs> as you put in action and effort every single day towards your goals and dreams, there's going to be a while and it, who knows how long it is because it'd be different for everyone um, where you're putting in this energy and you're not, you're not, you're actually not seeing the results. Maybe you're seeing a little bit here. Maybe you're seeing a little bit there. It's really not seeing it, but what you're doing is you're really planting these seeds. And it's just like the Chinese uh, bamboo story where, you know, you plant the seed for it and you water it every day for, I think like seven years or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it literally will not grow for the whole time, but it's actually growing inside. You just don't know it. And then all of a sudden, like on the seventh year or whatever year it is exactly, all of a sudden it just blossoms. And then within a very short period of time, the thing grows to be super, super tall. Well, well, that's because it's not that it wasn't growing there at the time. You just you were nurturing it the whole time, and you and you were getting it ready for its eventual overnight success. I would say so. So so that's where that whole faith thing is. Is when you're believing that the light is at the end of this dark tunnel when you can't see it at all. 
Because when you hop into any journey in life where you're trying to excel and go past the norm, you're going to be in a very pitch black tunnel. In that tunnel, it will be zero light. But if you have faith that the light is still there when you can't see it, that is what faith is. And that's what's allowed me to achieve all the things I've achieved in life. Because every pitch black tunnel I get into, I see the light when I don't even see it at all. Mm. That's powerful words, brother. That is powerful. In our last two minutes here, I always ask my guests to give us three nuggets, three takeaways that are actionable, executable, that based on those three takeaways, the audience, the listener can implement and walk away with something that can help them thrive. What would you say, my brother, are the three takeaways that you'd like to give our audience? Yeah, so three takeaways is, number one, uh, for any journey that you want to jump into, make sure you have a clear vision on exactly where you're supposed to be, who you're supposed to become, what you're supposed to accomplish. Have that clear vision. It has to be a natural vision that is naturally occurring to you every single day. Like, you just can't stop thinking about it. Like, that's what it's supposed to be. You have to have that. That's the beginning. If you don't have that, the journey is not meant to be. Have that clear vision. Once you have it, from then on, every single day, you have to put energy towards it. It's not, uh, I put energy towards it Monday through Friday or just Saturday and Sunday. It's an every single day. Try to find uh, unique ways of pushing forward. Now, as you're pushing forward and you're going through this entire journey, like I said before, it's going to be dark. You're going to have to have that faith. But at, through those dark journeys, remember, there's going to be people around you. They could be family. They could be friends, all that stuff. Um, some of these people aren't going to fully support your journey. Some of them are going to say negative things about the journey. Some of these people are going to be haters in some way. Whatever it is, um, Les Brown said it best, never let someone's opinion of you become your reality. So don't let anyone's opinion, because there's going to be a lot of them who are against you, do not let that become your reality. When you already had the clear vision, that means, like I said before, God has already uh, completed the whole thing for you. It's already done. It's a done deal. Set. It's going to happen. The thing is, you just have to stay strong enough, long enough to get there and understand that the higher you want to go in life, the, the taller that skyscraper is going to be, the deeper you're going to have to dig. You don't build a skyscraper, a tall skyscraper with a very shallow foundation. The taller you want to build that skyscraper, the deeper you're going to have to dig. Remember that. Brother, those are words of wisdom, absolute mic drops. And in our last 30 seconds, what's the future looking like for Jesse? What's on your agenda this year, the next five to 10 years from now? For my agenda, um, you know, the goal is to continue to expand what I'm doing in NASCAR already. So eventually I want to have my own team. I want to be racing in the NASCAR Cup Series full-time. I want, eventually want to be um, racing super competitively, winning races, and eventually win a championship. Um, mm. After I'm done with racing in NASCAR, my next big goal is to go off to the Hollywood world and star in some big, you know, blockbuster films, you know, preferably something in the uh, Marvel comic universe. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, they have a very, very cool thing. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, being one of those films or a lot of them uh, or Fast and the Furious stuff, you know, I love, obviously I'm a car guy. So Fast and the Furious would be great um, or something else big, Transformers, you name it. I don't know where, where it's going to be, but I see myself being there. Um, I want to expand everything else I'm doing in the business world. Currently I have a trucking company, real estate investing, um, drag racing events, esports. I want to expand all those businesses, grow them bigger, um, get them to a point where they're sustaining themselves, and um, you know, just build enough, uh, build more passive. Sorry, build more passive income. All right. Well, Justin, there's no question in my mind, brother. Not having a chance to dive deep into the way you think that every single thing that you have declared and, and that you have desired 
for, for that for it to come to pass. There's no question it's going to come to pass because you got all the right tools, you got the right mindset, you got the mind of a grinder, and you you're willing to work at it. And obviously, so far your resume shows that. So I appreciate you being on the show, brother. Hope you come back. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, y'all have a good day. And hopefully, everyone took away some nuggets that they can use uh, to inspire them, to continue to push forward and, and execute and uh, achieve their dreams. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. My recent guest, Bobby Bryan, CEO and co-founder of DAS, has radically changed the way real estate is done. DAS is a digital real estate marketplace that's radically evolving the way people search and transact homes. Now, you no longer have to search three to five different websites to get information on any given property. You can simply text, type, and ask any question to get accurate information 24-7 a day. Track them down, 877-770-3677 or at askdas.com. My recent guest, Matthew Morales, author of the book, Never Be Poor Again, A Guide to Money as a Spiritual Practice, has written a book, not your typical self-help book, but yet a humble guide to wealth, where he reveals the secrets on how to become wealthy through a process of enlightenment. Discover the path towards wealth and pre-order now at Amazon and moneymystic.co. Your journey to financial freedom starts here. Homeowners, are you tired of hearing lenders advertising low mortgage rates only to find out their low rates come with thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars in points and fees? At Interactive Mortgage, we don't believe in points and fees. That's right. When we advertise a 15-year fixed mortgage at 2.25% rate in APR or a 30-year fixed at just 2.99% rate in APR, we mean it. Yes, a 15-year fixed at 2.25% rate in APR or 30-year fixed at 2.99% rate in APR with no points and no fees. That's right. We'll even pay your title, escrow, and appraisal fees. It doesn't matter whether you refinanced last week, last month, or last year. You need to call Interactive Mortgage now at 844-917-CASH. 844-917-CASH. 844-917-2274. Or visit InteractiveMortgage.com. Winpoint Corporation DBA Interactive Mortgage is located at 1 City Boulevard West, Suite 1650, Orange, California, 92868. Licensed by the Texas Department of Savings and Mortgage Lending as an SML Mortgage Banker. Equal housing lender. Terms and conditions apply. New clients only. Loan amounts from $300,000 to $540,250. Primary residents only with a 60% loan to value. Not all applicants will qualify. NMLS number 302352. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. On the line right now is one of our spotlights that I'm excited about. I met Terry Kajarla at a recent event where she lit up the room in the message that she had to say, but also in the energy that she brought to the room. I thought to myself, this is the kind of person that needs to be on the Jay Mamie Talk Show if we're talking about the hour of Thrive Time. So on the line right now, we've got the author of Be the Magic of You, Terry Kajarla is with us on the line, but she's also the founder of Talking with Terry, and she's a quantum healer, and I love that. So, Terry, let's dive into it. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. It was great to meet you in person in Dallas. It was. It was. I mean, your energy just just filled that room up, and as I said, I, I said she's <laughs> got to come on the show. We've we got to have people like this on the show. I was so afraid that we were going to get kicked out that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did give fair warning. You gave fair warning. so I know, right? <laughs> so, Terry, I want you, if you could, to just share a little bit about your story with our listeners. Yeah. So, I um, back in the day, I became a, I went through and received a master's degree in, um, in counseling. So, I opened up a, a large counseling practice and grew that. 
um, to be an owner-independent company. That gave me the freedom to step into what I feel called to do, which is being here with all of you today and traveling and speaking and and really working with um, women entrepreneurs to help them step into um, you know their power and their brilliance by you know clearing the blocks that are holding them back you know consciously and unconsciously and really giving them the tools um, so that they're no longer you know sabotaging their success story and um, I'm the author of the best-selling author uh, book Be the Magic of You with a Ford by Jack Canfield mm-hmm. and um, I've continued to create um, additional products to help my clients along their journeys and um, yeah it's it's it's, I absolutely love what we do and um, what we're creating. Well, I know that you certainly love what you do because you've got uh, the, the energy and the smile and, and certainly uh, the vibrations that fill up the room the minute you start to speak. But I like what you spoke about when you had mentioned that day. Uh, you, you coined the phrase energy psychology. I know that you're a subject matter expert in energy psychology. But what is energy psychology and how does it affect one's performance? You know, I think um, you know, the word energy psychology is, you know, a method that combines the mind-body-soul. It's the aspects that connects to the energy of our bodies. I mean, um, one of the ways in which we can do that is tapping into the energy of the body through meridians. And there's other ways as well. I mean, there's tons and tons of modalities, you know, utilizing, you know, more kind of an Eastern-based, you know, process. But if you think about it with the brain, like so often people become kind of programmed into one reality. It's kind of a default mode, if you will. And this equals that. And, you know, however, at some point that no longer serves us and we start to, you know, sabotage our success and we, we break, you know, and, and I think the, the work that we get to do is start to break those patterns and create a new default mode that's really here to serve, you know, individuals at the highest and greatest good. So how does that, if someone has that going on, in your opinion, mm-hmm. how does that enhance somebody's performance? Oh, you know, so often when we are in that place um, where we're, you know, coming from a place of fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, whatever that was, that previous programming, mm-hmm. that obviously limits us. Mm-hmm. And we can only go and grow to a certain limit, right? And so... When we're able to, you know, kind of clear out that piece of it, I mean, we can really get in alignment with with our true, you know, our true um, calling, our higher purpose. And when we get into alignment, that's where the juice happens. Like that's when everything starts to fall into place for us, mm-hmm. and we become kind of like this master attractor. You know, you're absolutely right. When you find that place of alignment, it just seems like there's an ease of what you draw towards you that allows you to to have a better experience in, in this playground called life. So I totally agree with that. But you speak a lot about quantum physics, you're a quantum uh, healer. And again, that's another aspect of you that I appreciate. Uh, but most people don't know what that is, right? So how can the principles of quantum physics uh, help transform lives? And, and also in the yeah. middle of that, I'm going to give you like a, a three questioner here. What are the principles? <laughs> okay. What are those principles and, and how can they be applied in, in a sense of helping transform someone's life? Yeah. So when I think about the quantum physics, it's really about physics. It's a, it explains how everything in our universe works. Mm-hmm. And um, if you um, are looking at, there's, there's probably the most known, um, like there's 12 universal laws that govern how 
energy works. And so we can tap into those laws, if you will, um, because they're, they're just simply laws of the universe. And, and we're, we are um, living our lives through those laws, whether we're conscious of them or not. And so one of those laws that are probably the most perf- people most um, are aware of is the law of attraction. Um, that happens to be one of many, many laws. Um, but, you know, we have, you know, the law of vibration, which I feel like is, you know, even a deeper level of the law of attraction. And there's, you know, again, there's a lot of these laws that govern how we show up and how we do things. And when we're, when we're conscious of these laws, we can actually tap into them. And one of the things that I, that I do working with my clients is I teach them these laws so that they can, ha- they can create more ease into their lives. And they can, they can utilize various um, tools and techniques and strategies um, so that they don't have to effort it's hard. Um, I grew up, you know, I understand the struggle. I was addicted to struggle Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it wasn't until I learned these principles that I was like, wait, Oh wait, it can be easier. And then it just became this evidence for myself of like, wow, we can actually create, um, consciously, um, with more ease in our lives. And we can, we can almost become, I, I always tell my clients, like, I, I do not have a magic wand, but I can get, I can get as close as I possibly can to my clients having that magic wand mm-hmm. by tapping into their brilliance and tapping into that, those, those elements of themselves and really having them own what they are called to do in this world, what their unique gifts are, because everybody has that. If I always ask people, I'm like, what is that inner knowing that, you know, um, that maybe they don't even speak of, but they're like, they know. And when, as soon as you tap into that, they're like, oh, yes, here it is. That's right. And it's pretty profound. Um, we all know. Um, we just have to give ourselves the space to allow that part to be heard. Yeah, there's something to be said about conscious creating. You mentioned that in, in your, in your uh, response here. But there is also the opposite of that. You can consciously, by intention, create but on the other side of that, you also have unconscious activity that's happening. And most people have these unconscious blocks, right? Uh, yes. So what would you say are some of the unconscious blocks that are so subtle that they become ball and change to a person's personal growth, personal promotion, and personal progress? Yeah, I... Over the years, um, and working with thousands and thousands of clients, um, not only in the counseling world, but also in the coaching world, um, I kind of have like created like the top five blocks. Now, obviously, there's some other ones out there, um, but I think for the clients that I work with, especially the high-achieving women, um, there's limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of those limiting beliefs all you know, wind down to, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, I'm not something enough. Um, so we have the limiting beliefs. We have self-sabotage um, where they have created a self-imposed limitation. And it doesn't matter how, you know, hard they try. They just, they constantly are on that spinning wheel of sabotaging movement forward. Um, you know, overwhelm and burnout because we say yes to things that we shouldn't be saying yes to. Um, we, you know, put so much on our plates and, and women, you know, tend to, you know, go to that place of burnout, which again, energetically is not in their highest, highest, um, highest and greatest good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say, you know, get, you know, becoming overwhelmed with fear. I mean, this last year, we obviously have seen this on a global standpoint, um, and just getting cool, what I call, call getting stuck, um, getting stuck in the muck, which is, you know, that fear, doubt, worry, insecurity, and they're not able to get out of that. And they might stay there for long periods of time, 
And then the last one um, that I see a lot is the imposter syndrome where, and I am telling you, I, I have a lot of women that have created amazingly successful businesses and they're like, how did I get here? This is not, this is, I shouldn't be here. Um, how is it that I have a you know $2.1 million company and I feel like I'm not even good enough for this. I feel like a fraud. I feel like a fake, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those, those blocks, Obviously, and just as I'm as I'm saying them, you can see like how that can directly impact a person's life, um, not only in their personal life but also in their business, and being able to grow that because if they're coming from a place of like that unconscious thought process of like I'm not enough, I'm not, how can I be doing this? Whatever those things are, that gets unplayed, that gets played out constantly unconsciously, and it doesn't allow them to really you know grow their business in the way that they could. You know, that's a syndrome that a lot of people struggle with, this idea that yes. uh, to the outside world, they are successful, right? To the outsider looking in, they're successful. But for that resident of that home, <laughs> they're struggling yes. with with uh, believing that they've actually, uh, that they deserve and are worthy of the success they're having. And that's a whole other conversation for another time, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. We can but, talk about this stuff all day long. All day long. But in our last couple of minutes here, uh, I've got a segment the, the closes out the um, I've got a, a part of the segment that closes out all of my interviews where it's the my guest says so in your c- case here in our last minute what are the three things that Terry says that can be implemented immediately with our listeners uh, you know I always say you know be bold be brave be fearless and be the magic of you mm. and when we tap into you know just doing it scared we can we can transform the world. So do it scared. <laughs> That's amazing. So be bold. Terry says, pay attention, guys. Terry says, be bold, be brave, right? And the magic of fearless, right? Fantastic. Where could people find a little bit more about you, Terry, as we close out the segment? Yes, they can always check me out at Talking with Terry. That's T-E-R-I dot com. All my links and all of the ways in which you can connect and collaborate are listed there. Um, and then if folks want to grab a freebie, um, I would invite them to go to talkingwithterry.com forward slash mindset. And I have a free download that has three tools that you can start implementing today um, to start having a bigger impact in your world. Terry, we appreciate you being on the show. We look forward to having you again as a guest in the future with more of the goodies that you offer. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. Texas Security Bank is dedicated to elevating the champions of free enterprise. Founded by entrepreneurs, four entrepreneurs, 13 years ago, Our lending products are customized to help your business succeed. You need more than capital. You need a champion. Learn more at www.texassecuritybank.com. Hey everyone, Jay Mamie here from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I want to encourage you to visit my merchandise store. You can find it at thejmamie.com. A number of my inspirational, thought-provoking, action-stoking phrases and quotes that have been so much in demand over the last four or five years now are available in print. You can print them on your favorite coffee mug, print them on a poster. Take my thrive-minded content with you wherever you go. Visit my store at thejmamie.com.
Balance of Nature's Fruits and Vegetables in a Capsule, Changing the World One Life at a Time. I'm very, very, very strong on the balance of nature, and I've spoken to a lot of people about it because I truly believe it has been an incredible boon to my health. So I'm very, very happy with the uh, capsules. I truly believe they've helped me to balance life out. I'm 83 years old. I'm in good shape, and I think a big piece of it is because of balance of nature. You represent a really, truly great product not just quantity of life, it's also quality, and definitely Balance of Nature has helped me. So I'm very, very appreciative of that. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code DALLAS. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show on the, uh, actually, in studio today. We've got our guest in studio today. I'm excited about Wes Smith, who's a security specialist for Securitas Electronic Security. And here's the reason why. He provides measures and access to security systems to help uh, protect businesses. Now, why is that important? You cannot thrive if you don't have a place to thrive at. (laughs) Right. Right? If you don't have a place to go to because you've been compromised, your security system has been compromised, you're not going to have a great experience, and you're going to be focused on other things that are not going to allow you to thrive in whatever you are uh, looking to thrive in, and your performance is certainly going to take a back seat. So we brought in Wes Smith today to talk about not only how to protect businesses through what he knows how to do as a subject matter expert, but also a little bit about his story and why he's the go-to guy when it comes to security systems for companies. So Wes, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, Jay. Wes, why don't you first, before we dive into what makes you and, and Securitas special, Tell us a little bit about your story, because you've got a pretty interesting story, which is why you're, why you're on the show. Well, it's definitely a different path. Did 18 and a half years in law enforcement. Uh, part of that time was Dallas PD, among other things. I was a crime prevention specialist while there. Mm-hmm. Um, had a vacation of a couple of years from a drunk driver where I had a whole bunch of surgeries, and then I went to work for the state hunting down human traffickers. Mm-hmm. And then I wandered into the security business back in about 2009. So you had 18 years law enforcement. Pretty much. Different degrees of law enforcement work, yes, right? Sir. Which of those uh, those areas of law enforcement would you say were the toughest and sort of helped you um, become a uh, much more aware person of the need for security and protection? All of them. <laughs> Real simple, all of them. <laughs> Which one now do you find taught you or gave you the greatest lessons for the effectiveness of what you do now for companies in providing security measures? Oh, it was probably Dallas police when I was a patrol officer, Mm -hmm. probably still just on probation. I learned how to pay attention to little things there, Mm -hmm. not look at the big picture, not to lose the trees for the forest, but to pay attention to what's going on inside the forest. Now, would you say, and that's a great point, by the way, pay attention to the detail. That's a great point. I think a lot of people who don't pay attention to the details, that's when they find themselves in a heap of trouble. True. Right. How important is it now for companies, because you've taken security and protection to a whole other level on the commercial corporate side. How important is it for companies to pay attention to the details? Uh, Extremely important. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I can't emphasize that enough. It's you pay attention to the small things. Big things don't happen. So if you pay attention to those details, you're good. 
What are some of the things that you find that companies overlook that when they find that there is some trouble, they could have prevented it from the get-go? Well, the easiest way to put that is when the business first got started Mm -hmm. and they moved into their building 15 years ago and they've grown and they've changed and they succeeded and everybody's coming back out of the pandemic and back to work. They're not using their facility the way they used to. Mm -hmm. Along with getting everybody used to working again, they need to look at those little things. How has the business changed? Your security's got to change. Okay. You know, it's funny. You mentioned the the pandemic and that's one of the questions I was going to ask you. Uh, people are now starting to go back, right? I think over the next six months, you'll find that more of the offices will be filled. Um, but also, there'll be some relocation. Right. right. A lot of companies are realizing that they don't need as much space as they had in the past. So they're relocating or they're coming back. What would be the three things that if you had a business owner or a CEO or a building manager listening to the show, we have a lot of business people listen to the show. What would be the three things that you would say, based on your experience, is what they have to be mindful of. Well, if they're looking at the hub and spoke model people are talking so much about, real simple, you don't need an expensive solution to secure everything and still make it work under a, quote, single pane of glass type of option. Mm -hmm. Two, your people's feelings, your employees' feelings are important and what makes them feel safe, okay? So you can't just say, this is my work environment. It's got to be what's going to make them feel safe so they can be the most productive for you. And then third, whatever they're doing that helps the company succeed and make money, you got to make sure that's protective, whether that's data, whether that's production, whether that's supply chain stuff, that's all changed. And you need to make sure that's working smoothly so everybody can succeed. Let's talk about data and protection of data, because even today, I think uh, as of today's news on this particular day, right, because people listen to the show as an archive, uh, I saw something this morning. There was some meat company that had a cyber attack. Right. And just a few weeks ago, there was a gas line company that had a cyber attack. How important uh, is it for companies now to be mindful of that these occurrences are real? And what could they even do? Well, first off, they've got their IT guys who are going to take care of everything in the cloud and in the internet. I come in involved when those people are coming back and working from home and bringing their computer back in. Maybe you hired somebody new to come in who's taking data back and forth. What can you do to secure that data? Make sure when it leaves your building or it goes to that employee and they're looking to it to take that information somewhere, what's going to keep it secure? Mm-hmm. And I can help let you know everything from where they're going with it. If they're entering rooms they shouldn't be entering, you just need to be aware of that information. Mm-hmm. So, And it helps them track it. Then you'll know where things are going. What would you say would be some of the worst challenges that you have heard occur for companies that have not had the best of security systems? I mean, I know that you are a few years into this industry, but you probably have a chance to chat with other guys as well. But just so that our listeners understand, what are those worst case scenarios? What are some of those chaotic situations that should be avoided that you've heard happen? Well, one would be very simple. Everybody's coming back to work. They've gotten lax at home. And when they come back in, they're working in their office, and you've got the cleaning crew that comes in. Well, the cleaning crew's hiring new people. You don't mm. know who they are anymore. Mm-hmm. And because they've gotten lax on the physical security side of it, that information that they've left on the counter or the kitchen table at home and been fine with, now they've left it on a desk 
or a table in a generic work area, that person comes in and sees it and it walks out the door, mm. you know, and they take that information. They might take it to a competitor. They might use it to generate their own ID based upon what they find on it and run up a fortune. But that is the most prevalent thing. And then the, the second one is that I've been seeing a lot of is how do we adjust access to the new work environment? How do we get our employees in and out safely? So moving forward, let's say that you're meeting with a client. Let's say that you are you get a phone call as a, as a result of this show. What are some of the questions that you would ask that business owner? And what would be the walkthrough? Some of the words, when somebody's listening to your interview, they know what to expect should they give you a call. Well, the first thing I ask them is, is there anything different now, the way the work environment is, the way the facilities at that we're at, that was 2019, what was it doing? And how has it changed? Mm -hmm. Okay. And second, what have you done to try and fix that change and make it work? And then third, what do you want me to accomplish for you? Mm. Because I'll know real quick if from those three questions, if I can help them or maybe I need to readjust what they're thinking. Because some people watch a lot of TV mm -hmm. and think what they can do on TV can be done in real life. Someday it can. Right mm -hmm. now, eh, maybe not. We okay. just need to set expectations. How far is your reach in helping someone? I mean, we're, no, we're in Dallas, right? But where could you, how far can you get a phone call from someone that you know you can provide service to them? Okay, first off, let me start and say, I live in the Metroplex. Mm-hmm. And I love staying within 100 miles of it. Okay. Okay. But I've helped clients in Alaska. Wow. Um, I'm scheduling a trip to fly out to Northeast Mississippi and Nashville. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter. It mm -hmm. can be anywhere in the United States. So let's, I, I want to piggyback into the pivot moment that you had from law enforcement to the work you do now. I wanted to dive right into the, the nook and crannies of the work that you do at Securitas, because I think that's important. But I don't want to sidestep that you had a, a sort of a pivotal moment. You called an audible in your career. You had an accident, right? Or someone gave you a forced vacation, mm -hmm. right? Some drunk driver. And what were you thinking about during that period of healing when you were in recovery? Because at that point, I'm sure you were thinking about, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? A lot of people go through situations like that where they're in a transition. They're wondering, what am I going to do with my life? I want to know two things from you, Wes, because it can help a lot of people. What were you thinking about when you realized as you were in recovery after being hit by a drunk driver that you no longer realize, you, you realize I can't go back to law enforcement anymore. I've got to find something new. What were you thinking about during that time? And how did you arrive at a career in security um, solutions? Well, it was a big blow. I mean, anybody who gets injured. My disability is 96.8% is what I'm rated. Mm -hmm. And you saw me walk in. Mm -hmm. Most people would never know that. Um, so I wondered what I was going to do. I tried a couple of different things. But I got called by a friend and started off in high-volume high residential small business stuff. And then I met with a business planner, and or business coach, actually. And I set forth a five-year plan. Okay. I knew I just didn't want to just do houses. I wanted to help people solve problems and grow their business, grow their company and fix problems for them. And that's why I'm where I'm at. Okay, good. So where could people find out more about you 
Securitas, what's the next step for them if they listen to the show and want to get more information? Well, Securitas Electronic Security, mm -hmm. you can look up online. They have a very big website, okay? Mm -hmm. Me, I'm local. You can call me direct at like 214-477-6692. You can look me up on LinkedIn at Wes Smith Security, and that's the way it's listed. Okay. Now, I do have a stage photo with a blue jacket on, white shirt, and a tie. <laughs> um, and folks, you'll only see me in a tie on that picture. I don't wear it anywhere else. Um, or they can reach out to you and say, how do I get in touch with Wes? That's you right. know how to get me. Well, the nice part about it is we're going to have your information up on our site anyway. So for those who aren't able to jot down the information you gave them, they can go to our website, thejmamietalkshow.com, go to our business directory, and they'll find you, your information, your link, and how to contact you. But Wes, these are some of the things that people aren't aware that are so important. And we talk a lot about uh, so many different things on this show. Um, but I like to keep topics that are relevant and, and crucial to the success of either an individual or an organization. And that's where you came in today to help those organizations stay safe and protect their data, their, faci their facility, their employees, well-rounded approach to being uh, protected. So I appreciate being on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate the invite. Folks, that wraps up our show for this week. Another hour of Thrive Time has come and gone. We will see you next Sunday on the Jay Mamie Talk Show for another hour of Thrive Time.